0: Hello, this is Tennessee Bill. This episode of What We Saw, Tales of the Bigfoot Community, is brought to you by Global Heritage Books and Greenfly Productions. Episode 1, Jerry and Poir. What do you mean, you don't believe in Bigfoot? said Poir Cumberbush. Well, I just mean, I'm not sure it's real. But Jerry, you're famous for having seen one, she said. I know, but I was a kid. But I've heard you describe what you saw a dozen times. Yeah, and that is what I saw, but it could have been anything. You said it was a towering beast covered in brown hair and smelled like shit and was running right past you. That's what I saw. And now you don't believe what you saw? I still know what I saw, but I'm not sure it was a Sasquatch. Well, what in the hell was it? I don't know. I was ten, and that was twenty years ago. Well, what else could it have been? I don't know. A loose monkey, maybe, or a dude in a suit. I can't believe I'm hearing this. I had no idea you were in doubt. I don't really advertise it. Well, you probably shouldn't let them know this when you give your talk tomorrow. No, I won't. (laughs) It never comes up. Everyone just assumes I'm a staunch believer. Well, most folks that give talks at Bigfoot conventions are. Yeah, I know. Poir sat up and climbed down from the camper's above-the-cab memory foam bed. Her bare breasts glistened in the dim light until she covered them with a thin cotton blouse. Are you mad? asked Jerry. No, I'm just cold. The camper's air conditioner rolled out crisp, cool air, creating a rare, pleasant space in the campground assaulted by the summer sun. Are you going to listen to the talks tomorrow? Probably not. I need to man the taco truck. Will you be saying anything new? No, I'll just tell them my story after they introduce me. You've heard it. Who else is on the panel? Well, it's supposed to be me, Meldrum, and Dr. Stewart. Ah, Meldrum's good. Yeah, he keeps these festivals going. You making any money this week? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Attendance is always good at the festivals, and food trucks do well. What's been your best seller? Well, always, it's the tongue tacos. Ha, I'll tongue your taco if you get back under these covers. Poirier pursed her lips, not giving Jerry the satisfaction of a giggle, and climbed back into the bed. "'Are you going to knock yourself out on the light fixture again?' "'I hope not. I forgot how low this ceiling is,' said Jerry, rubbing his sore head. "'Where do you get the tongue for your tacos?' "'There's a Mexican butcher shop in Memphis. That's where I got the last batch. "'Are you going to the Ohio Festival next weekend?' Yeah, you? I told him I would. Does it pay well? Yeah, it's usually two or three thousand. Plus I sell a few books. You should sell more merch. Heck, set up a food truck. I've already cleared four thousand and the festival's not even over yet. Damn, I didn't know it was that much. It's you vendors that keep it going, I reckon. You could ask for more. I bet they pay Meldrum more than that. I'm sure they do, but he's legit. He sells ten times more books than I do, and he has more than one. He has props, too. Everyone wants to see the casts of footprints, and while they're at his table, they buy shit. Those foot casts are pretty good. I suppose you don't believe they are real? They look real. Heck, Meldrum's the most convincing Sasquatch advocate alive. The whole mid-tarsal flexion visible in the cast is pretty hard to argue with. Jerry, now I'm confused. Do you or don't you believe? I guess I don't. But Meldrum keeps my hopes alive. Hopes? Sure, hopes. So you hope it's real? Absolutely. I'd love to wake up one day and see on the news that a specimen's been obtained. What kind of specimen? A body. You mean if someone killed a Bigfoot? Well, I think that would be the only way. Why not a DNA sample? Well, they have DNA samples already, and no one believes it. Couldn't they just capture one? How would they capture one? I don't know. In a trap, maybe, like a bear. Maybe. Maybe. If Bigfoot is out there, why haven't they trapped one yet? I guess it's too smart. You don't hear of people getting trapped in bear traps. It just seems like if there is a Bigfoot somewhere in North America where half the population carries a gun, one would have been killed. Maybe it has, and the government is hiding it. Well, that's what Dr. Stewart says. Well, killing one shouldn't be the answer. I know, but that's how it is. There are thousands of pictures, yet there's always a reason why each one's been rejected by the scientific community. The only way people will believe is if there is a dead specimen that they can physically see and test. Well, what if there's only one left? He could be cloned. I think a picture should be enough. I saw Dr. Stewart's slideshow and I was convinced. He has real pictures that anyone can see. Well, lots of those are fakes. Yeah, some of them. Even Stewart says that. But not all of them. That's what he says. Not all. People can't agree, though, which ones are fake. Meldrum believes firmly that the Patterson tape is real. Even though Bob Hieronymus testified, while hooked to a lie detector, that he was inside the costume in the film. Hell... Morris Costumes even confirmed making the thing. Yet it's still considered the most compelling Bigfoot evidence to date. Well, Stewart has some that are even better than that. You think he'll play them tomorrow during the talks? Probably so. That's what he's known for. Those are my favorite part. I may come in and watch those. You could come get me when he starts to play them. Sure. What would you do? If you woke up in the morning and there was a story on the news that a Sasquatch had been shot, I'd want to go see it. I'd probably load up and go to wherever it was. Well, these festivals would be over. I think you're right. No one would be interested in hearing about sighting stories anymore, because then there would be no doubt. A lot of assholes would have to eat crow. Think of how many people out there insist that it's all made up. And everyone who hunts for sasquatches is delusional. A bunch. Would it put your mind at ease? What do you mean? I mean, would you then be convinced you saw one? I guess so. What would you do then? For work? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'd have to get a real job. Maybe I'd run a taco truck and sell tongue tacos. How original. Did you go to school for anything? I got a degree in animal science, but I don't know what I would do with that. Did you go to school? Yep, I got a fine art degree from Washington University in St. Louis. Really? Are you an artist? I used to be. I had some nice oil paintings in high school that got me a scholarship, but I quit painting after high school. Why? I lost interest, and no one wanted to buy them. I made more money posing as a life model at the university. I still do it occasionally. What's a life model? It's when you pose for a group of artists while they paint you or draw you. Naked? Yeah. Really? Aren't you nervous? Not anymore. I was the first time I did it, but then it got easier. I admire the bravery. I couldn't work up the courage to do that. Of course, I don't look as good naked as you do. Well, they have males that do it. Hairy, overweight ones like me? Yep. Well, maybe I'll do that if they kill a Bigfoot. You would starve. Jerry reached under the covers and tickled Poire's ribs, making her squeal. The next morning, Jerry donned his clean plaid shirt and slicked back his pomaded hair. He shaved in the small mirror of the camper. It was important to look clean-cut and as believable as possible. When he was done, he stepped out of the camper into the mid-July Idaho sun. He carried a box of his books titled, What I Saw. It was already hot and not yet nine in the morning. He walked by Poir's taco truck. She was hard at work, chopping tongue and tripe for her tacos, getting ready for the lunch rush. Good morning. Good morning, she replied. What time do you go on? Nine, he said. Well, break a leg. Thanks. He walked toward the stone wreck hall of Bonners Ferry State Park, where the conference was being held. He smelled the aroma of wood smoke and roasting meat coming from a barbecue pit run by J.D. Rogers another frequent bender at the festivals. Good morning, J.D. Well, back at you, in his comedic nasal twang. He was poking the embers of his smoker, adorned with a sign that read J.D.'s butts. You doing okay? I reckon I got a dozen butts going. Well, that sounds fun, but uh, possibly illegal. Very funny, but I've heard em all. Jerry walked toward the wooden doors of the rec hall. There was already a crowd gathering. Inside was a wooden folding table and three chairs where the panelists would sit. Each place had a microphone wired into the PA. A hundred metal folding chairs were placed in front of the dais, and a projection screen hung behind it. Around the edge of the room were tables where the conference speakers were set up selling their books and merchandise. Meldrum was sitting at his table signing books as the conference-goers fondled the plaster casts of Sasquatch footprints he brought. Jerry settled his box of books onto his table and began arranging them. A crowd of attendees talking to the filmmaker seated at the table next to him blocked his access. Moochers, he thought. These clowns are just taking advantage of us. They never film anything. They just make their silly documentaries. Jerry looked across the room to see Dr. Stewart at his table. A smaller group was gathered, and Dr. Stewart was chatting with them, looking sharp in his tweed jacket and tie. I need better merch. When nine o'clock approached, the moderator walked up to the microphone standing next to the speaker's table. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get started. The murmuring crowd dissipated from the tables and took chairs jerry dr meldrum and dr stewart made their way to their assigned chairs behind the microphones jerry said dr stewart it's good to see you i'm glad you could make it well thanks dr stewart call me tom okay tom i like it when you're the first speaker it really gets the audience's attention for us i don't know about that my story's pretty worn out It's the same thing every time. Nothing like your films. Not at all. You had a real experience, and they love it. Thanks, said Jerry as they took their seats. The moderator began his instructions. It's good to see all of you here this morning, and welcome back for day three of the Northern Idaho Bigfoot Conference. The crowd applauded. The past two days have been an adventure and exceedingly eye-opening. Today will be no different. We have three individuals who have devoted their lives to spreading the word about what they have discovered. More applause. Our first presenter is Jerry Miller. When he was a child, he had a Sasquatch encounter, which made the news and was sensational at the time. He described to reporters a creature we all know as Bigfoot. And we hope he will recount that for us this morning and describe to us what he saw. The crowd gave a meager clap. Also with us is Dr. Thomas Stewart. He's collected Sasquatch footage for the last 25 years. And he, as many of you know, has irrefutable videos that should convince the rest of the world of what we know to be true. And we hope he shares some of those with us today. The crowd gave a much larger cheer at Dr. Stewart's introduction. And finally, we are honored to have Dr. Jeff Meldrum with us. He brings a scientific approach to proving Bigfoot exists. His efforts collecting DNA samples and foot casts is leading the way describing the nature and behavior of the Sasquatch. We hope that he will share his latest research and updates regarding what's new in the slow evolution toward acceptance within the scientific community. The crowd roared with applause. Jerry, let's start with you. You grew up in Wenatchee, Washington, correct? Yes, thank you. That is correct. And you saw a creature that fit the description of what we know as Bigfoot, correct? Yes, sir. Well, please, the floor is yours. Take us back to where you were and what you saw. Jerry cleared his throat. throat) Well? We hope you enjoyed Episode 1 of What We Saw, Tales of the Bigfoot Community. Join us next time for Episode 2, where Jerry tells what he saw.